Hello, this is Dr. Ken Gilman talking, and this evening I'm going to talk a little bit about starting MALIs. This talk is specifically aimed at people who are ill, who are in the position of considering starting such drugs, but who are concerned understandably, because of all of the negative opinion and misinformation about the efficacy, effectiveness and safety of these drugs. So this talk isn't really anything to do with the science. That's all contained on my website and in my scientific papers and people who are suffering from severe depression are not in the kind of uh, state to receive and assimilate that kind of information as they might normally be able to. So for such people, for the moment, just take it on trust that I'm an internationally recognised expert in these sorts of drugs and the potential interactions and difficulties that can occur occasionally, much less frequently than most doctors seem to imagine, that can occur occasionally with these kinds of drugs. So, the first thing to say is that it doesn't matter how long you've been ill or how many different treatments have previously been ineffective, that has a minimal effect on your chance of responding to these kinds of drugs. If you've got the kind of depression which is essentially an upset of your system, rather than just a reaction to difficult circumstances or such like, if you've got what we call a biological depression, then the chance of responding to these drugs is extremely high. And if you've had a partial or transient response to other proper antidepressant drugs, I haven't got time to explain quite what I mean by that right now, but there are a lot of drugs that are given out as antidepressants that are really rather weak or ineffective and don't do much good for people who've got serious biological depression. So the fact that you might have failed to respond to things like that in the past is irrelevant. Very briefly, let me just say a word about what I mean by biological depression. It's a type of depression that we used to call endogenous depression, and it's essentially characterised by a consistent and persistent reduction of your drive energy and motivation to do work social and leisure type activities, the sorts of things that you're normally interested in. And on the other side of that coin, not only a reduction of your motivation to do things, but a relative reduction of the degree of positive feedback that you get from doing them. By positive feedback, I mean feelings like pleasure, satisfaction, enjoyment, fulfillment, 
we use different words depending on what sort of activities we're talking about, don't we? But I think that conveys the, the picture. Positive feedback. So a reduction of drive energy and motivation and a reduction of your ability to get positive feedback from those sorts of things that would normally give you those feelings. I guess a couple of the other fairly consistent and fairly typical symptoms are what we used to call early morning wakening. Uh, not so much difficulty in getting off to sleep, but waking early in the morning, three, four, five o'clock, and then not being able to get back to sleep again you know, when you wake at whatever, four or five o'clock. The other thing that goes very much hand in hand with that change is what's called diurnal variation. In other words, feeling different at one time of day to another. So if you find that there's a consistent pattern that consistently and persistently you notice that you're at your worst at one particular time of day compared to another particular time of day, that is a strong indicator. The typical pattern is that people are at their worst first thing in the morning and tend to be somewhat better in the evening. That feeling in the morning has, at least in English-speaking people, a very typical response to the question I always used to ask people. What's the first thought that goes through your mind about the day ahead when you wake up in the morning? And the answer is OMGAD. That's an acronym. Oh my God, another day. Okay, enough of that. So, there's a good chance that if you've got that kind of illness, no matter what the previous story is, that you will have a jolly good chance of responding to tranylcypramine, or for that matter, one of the other MAOIs. Tranylcypramine was my preferred first choice. Most people who take those drugs describe having less side effects with tranylcypramine than many of the other drugs they've taken, taken previously for their illness. You might be surprised to hear that if you've been told what dreadful drugs these are and how dangerous they are and all that sort of superstitious nonsense. They're not dangerous. So first of all, the general day-to-day -day side effects are quite often less than most of the other drugs that you will have taken previously. Secondly, the possibility of serious side effects. It's minimal. People get very overexcited and overanxious about this business of the cheese reaction, of getting a high blood pressure as a result of eating too much food that contains high levels of this stuff called tyramine. 
of all of the different foods that can contain tyramine, really the only one, historically, that's caused serious problems is cheese. But I've got good news. Over the last 20 or 30 years, cheese production's changed. And I won't explain it in detail, but modern cheeses now contain far less tyramine by virtually a hundredfold than the cheeses that were reported 20 or 30 years ago or more to cause these serious blood pressure reactions. <coughs> so this supposed big problem of blood pressure elevation as a result of eating the wrong thing is a pretty minor problem. What I say to people is that for many people who eat what I would call a normal sensible diet and don't have excessive quantities of things, there's virtually nothing that you have to change in order to eat safely when you're on these MAOI drugs. It's the first bit of good news. The second bit of good news, as far as so-called side effects or whatever is concerned, is that the interactions with other drugs have been misunderstood and exaggerated. Quite why it's taken so long for the very definite and reliable information about this to work its way into the medical literature, I don't pretend to have an explanation for. Certainly not one that I'm going to try and give now. It's not relevant. The important thing to understand is that the interactions with other drugs are actually very uncommon and nowhere near as severe as many people seem to think they are. So there you are. Those are the two supposed major problems with these drugs, which are in fact not major problems at all. So I don't really need to say anything else. Doesn't matter how long you've been ill or how bad you've been, the chance of getting a favorable response to these drugs is very good. If you've got a biological depressive illness, and I said a few words about that before. Next, the chance of day-to-day -day side effects which are going to cause problems that will make you stop the drug is less than most other drugs, and the chance of having a serious interaction with other drugs is minimal and easily managed. So, if you're worrying about starting these drugs, be reassured that the worries are virtually zero. Many, many patients that I've treated have come back to me after a couple of weeks. Often they're improved after a couple of weeks, but after a month or two in these drugs, and said, Doctor, I just don't know what all the fuss is about. I've had less side effects and far greater improvement with these drugs than anything I've ever had before. Let me finish with a very quick story of the gentleman who came to see me who'd been treated at some teaching hospital in the big city or whatever, had all, all the usual drugs for ages and ages, not got much better. And I put him on Parnate, Tranylcypramine, and 
he lived quite a long way away, so he didn't come back to see me until he'd been on the drug for a month or so. And I had an assistant with me uh, learning about MAOIs. And this fellow came into my uh, outpatient clinic and he came into the room looking quite uh, energetic and animated and he banged his fist on the table. And when he did that, I started smiling. And the assistant who was with me looked quite disconcerted because of course this guy looked as though he was angry about something. And uh, of course, some of you may already have guessed what he was about to say. He said, why didn't some B put me on these drugs years ago? And he was so angry that he'd been told there was no other treatment uh, and that uh, there was nothing else that could be done and so on and so on. Uh, and he found, of course, that with virtually no problems at all, after only a few weeks, he got more improvement with these drugs than he'd ever had from anything else. So be assured there is a very reasonable hope of having a good result with MAOI type drugs, especially tranylcypramine. Good luck. Get in touch with me if you need any advice. If you have found this podcast useful and it's a good way for you to get information about the sorts of things that are on my website, then uh, do sign up so that we can automatically send you notifications of the new podcasts.